Christmas everybody. You join us for a very special holiday episode of the Bad Movie Cult in which we are going to be covering the 1997 Jack Frost. One cold night, science and evil collide. Oh yeah, now a serial killer is on the loose. We hadn't even tested the acid on an amoeba, let alone a human cell. This is a disaster. Look, I just saw something that doesn't belong in this world, and it's out there killing my friends. Now tell me what it is. Jack Frost. I remember seeing an interview with Michael Cooney where he said that the budget for Identity was over $30 million, and the budget for his first film, Jack Frost, was equivalent to the catering budget for that Identity movie. (laughs) (laughs) That was just Ray Liotta's uh, catering. (laughs) And uh, Michael Cooney actually only directed this because they just couldn't afford a director. He's only directed two films in his life, and it's Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2. Really? He did the second one? He wrote and did the second one as well. Oh, dear. I was hoping we'd get through this without having to mention the second one. Another interesting fact is someone who read for the Jack Frost role (laughs) pulled a knife at his audition. <laughs> well, his character did. He was a violent man. <laughs> I thought the, the actor just going into that audition thought, right, this will do it. Well, at least he didn't go in as a snowman, I suppose. <laughs> that probably would have been a bit better than pulling a knife. <laughs> Less dangerous, you'd think. I was looking on IMDb and there's, there's some pretty favourable reviews of this film. You know, a lot of people get it, and I think it doesn't take itself too seriously, like something like The Room. You'd, you'd imagine it would be difficult to take yourself seriously yeah. if that is the plot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the Michael Keaton one did. And, and if that is the budget. Ray Liotta's catering <laughs> budget. <laughs> That's how they judge films now, independent not, films. Not even when he's on set at home. Ray Liotta's <laughs> personal catering budget. <laughs> that might be the name, the title of this episode. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't hear it and track us down, because I'm right. still scared of Ray Liotta. Right, so it opens and it's voiceover. It's a yeah. This is the first point that pissed me <laughs> off. This is this is like five seconds into the film, and I I hated the voice. It's a pathetic, imitating child's voice. It's not even a real child. I don't know why. I've got no idea why it's not a real child. I think that with every film like this, why don't they just get a kid to read the lines? But it, it's it's a high pitched, squeaky voice. Um, and it, it, it's just terrible. It, it really is, and that and that, that that pissed me off right from the beginning because I never remembered that bit at all. I didn't either. So, so that, that's that's pissed me off and put me against this film in the opening seconds. It's an uncle telling a bedtime story to his little niece. The uncle is voiced by the director, Michael Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you won't recognise his voice. No, he's English by the sounds of it. I don't know who did the voice of the other idiot the mm. child but uh, I hope it wasn't him I hope he didn't do both <laughs> I want a story please oh, 
right, all right. You want a happy story? Or do you want a scary story? I want a happy, scary story. Happy, scary story? Yeah. Fine. <gasps> Once upon a time, there lived a man by the name... by the name of Jack Frost. And then he proceeds to tell a, a horrific tale. <laughs> but the, the thing is that even when he's telling her, they, they don't shut up. So like, at the end of every sentence, they make a noise... And that is that just wound me up as well. I was to say we're not even into the credits yet, and I'm annoyed that this film is doing this to me. Yeah, and it lasts forever. This tale that he's telling, just so we can see all the people have had like hand painted baubles. Like that's you know we were talking about in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, where they've got just the names of people who have done this film yeah. on crates. This they do it with baubles on a Christmas tree. He actually rhymes as well, which is a little delight for the, yeah. for the child, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not for us, but for the whatever the child thing is. Is this is this something he's made up? I'm, I'm worried about this uncle. I don't know why the uncle's putting the kid to bed anyway in the first place. No, well, I mean, it's it's never covered as to what the hell's going on in this, and we never do see either of these two characters, which is good, because just the voice is enough to make me want to punch the kid in the face. He'd stick knives in their faces and cut out their tummies and stamp on their heads till their brains got all runny. Jack was nimble, Jack was quick. Jack gouged eyes with candlesticks and smashed in skulls with sticks and stones, used iron bars to crush their bones so he could hide his kills in tiny places and he wouldn't have to see their faces. Uncle Harry! That is, until the pies. Pies? Basically, it's, it's a chance to give some backstory to Jack Frost without having to shoot anything, so that's why it takes so long. He, Jack Frost basically worked at Mrs. Puttle's Pecan Pies. <laughs> <laughs> they always do, don't they? It made me think of the, the film The Ginger Dead Man oh, as well, just just the uh, the mentioning of, of the company of the pies. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a lot of Christmas films, a lot of, a lot of Christmas uh, specials to get through. <laughs> that's uh, Gary Boosie at his uh, most... Insane. Is literally if you thought well, Boosie was most insane, perhaps <laughs> doing him a disservice to the levels of insanity. Yeah, if I say if you thought Boosie was mental in stuff like Point Break, if Boosie's not playing Buddy Holly, he's fucking nuts. In fact, right at this very moment, Jack is being taken to his place of execution. His story should end at midnight. But the fun's just about to begin. Finally, the movie starts, and there's a snowstorm and a, a van taking Jack Frost to his execution. If you see a, a transfer of any criminal going from one place to the next, it's not going to go well, and that's the rule of film. If it went well, it's already been done. If you actually see it, something's going wrong. And uh, we meet the two guards that are driving, uh, who are sat too close together, uh, very close together in, in the cab. And, they, they are, and, they, and they've got the smallest little gap in the snow on their windscreen. Uh, it's, it's like when you, you get up late for work and you, you go to work, you set off and you just think, oh, I'll just scrape a little hole so I can see and it will clear by the time I get there. It's like that, um, but worse in many what, ways. What the hell is this? Your stand-up comedy routine? <laughs> <laughs> You're pointing out things I already know, like Peter Kay. Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, remember, remember that, everyone. <laughs> remember snow. Remember, remember when you used to have snow on your car. Remember. I'll tell you something. The murdering bastard Jack Frost in here is one lucky son of a bitch. Lucky? He's being executed in 30 minutes. Yeah, well, at least he doesn't have to drive back to this crap. Anyway, we meet Jack, uh, he, who's sitting in, in the back of the, uh, of the van with another guard. Um, now, Jack's got a scar 
on his face, which means he's evil. And uh, and he's got some very starey, scary, starey eyes. Um, the, the guy that he's sat with uh, is just having a cigarette. Harv. Harv, yes, yeah, sorry, I've, I've done Harv a disservice there. He's, uh, he's having a cigarette, and Jack says, Hey, pal, got a smoke? Which is a bit weird, because you can see he has, because he's actually smoking in front of him. <laughs> uh, Harv refuses to share. He calls Jack an overgrown piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shits could grow. But uh, if they could, they'd be Jack. Well, Harv is possibly the worst prison guard in history. Jack is handcuffed to a rail and he still manages to get overpowered. Yeah, we don't see that. We just hear a noise. We hear a noise. The guys in the front uh, shout, everything all right there, Harv. Um, Jack, we assume it's Jack, um, just replies, yeah, or, or yeah, everything's okay, which they assume would be Harv. It's going to be Jack, isn't it? It's not going to be fucking Harv. Yeah, it's all right. Where's his guy? He's, he's on the ground with Jack's foot on his throat. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and he's got his cigarette, so he's taken Harv's cigarette. So smoking kills. Meanwhile, a genetics truck carrying a, a big cargo of acid. Yeah, which, which it also says on the side. Uh, basically, I don't even know how they collide. Is it because he's filling up his thermos? Yeah, the driver the driver's making himself a lovely hot drink whilst he's driving in, uh, in horrific snowy conditions, which is what you would do. I mean, how fast were they going? Because the collision, there's a lot of the cameras sort of barrel rolling. The, ca- the camera spins around a lot. Uh, so do close-ups of the characters. Well, we don't see what happens to the uh, guy in the chemical van. I assume the other policeman is dead because his legs are just over. His, I don't know how that's happened. Legs are Kimbo. Yeah. I don't know the, the speed at which they're going in heavy snow, but obviously it's... Yeah, the genetics guy, he's just not there anymore. So you've got to assume he's dead. Yeah. Uh, Harv, you know, we, we know he's dead. We saw that. And then the other guy who's got some tinsel now wrapped around his neck. Yeah, I don't know how that happened either. No, he, he stumbles out. Jack's fine. He's taking his cuffs off. And then disaster. Yeah, and um, the acid, which is the genetic research acid solution, apparently, is what he's carrying. Uh, it explodes uh, and it hits Jack square in the face. Um, and he starts to melt. And it's, it's actually quite good actually from the moment it explodes and covers I like the shot of it covering him when it's just black background and yeah, you can see just, it hitting just him blasting him in the face and then the melting scene all of that is actually probably the best thing in the film yeah I think that's where the special effects budget went yeah and then he dissolves into the snow that is followed then by some of the worst effects <laughs> which is sort of seeing little discs expanding I'm guessing it's trying to show that his DNA is being infused into the snow yeah it's like a little cartoon effect yeah uh, which is poor yeah to, to say the say the least and then the this prison officer shoots into the snow which is moving a bit like water it was weird because that's when he finally draws his gun even though when jack was real and human stood in front of him uh, he didn't bother but we, as soon as he's as soon as he's laid down and looks like snow he's shooting that snow as much as he can and it's at this point i recommend you turn the film off because the best thing in the film has already happened We then get to meet our hero. His name is Sam Tyler. It's uh, a local sheriff uh, who's haunted by the memory of Jack Frost. Yeah, you may remember they said it was a uh, little town sheriff who uh, who apprehended Jack. And uh, this is him. Here's my problem with this, Ken. Maybe you can help me. He's haunted by it and his, his wife 
He sees he's, he's driving along and his wife's like, "You still thinking about Jack?" My problem is they show us their, you know, what happens when they meet, and it's a very sort of by the book um, arrest. Why is he haunted by this? Um, it, it's because of the the other scene where he says that I'll find a way. I'll I'll get you. And uh, he, he blames the sheriff rather than the fact that he's been murdering people for five years, and it's it's kind of his own fault. But even if he doesn't, he's shouting at him. Why is this sheriff haunted by it? Because he doesn't like people shouting at him. Oh, that's fair enough. You know, in law he's enforcement, just doing, he's just doing his job, isn't he? This is where we're introduced to, for me, the fucking most annoying, worst character in the film: the sheriff's young son. This is his kid, yeah. Young son Ryan. Yeah. Little Ryan. Ryan's first line is, touch my finger, touch my knee. Thank the Lord it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fucking, oh, he's sent apart in. At which, at which point, Sam slaps him across the face <laughs> and says, you shut the hell up, Ryan. Yeah, I mean... You, you overgrown piece of shit. Whoa! Touch my finger, touch my knee. Thank the Lord it was not me. Wow, there's an ambulance! Can we stop, please? I don't think so now. You just settle down. We'll be home in about 20 minutes. Uh, two squad cars, an ambulance. And a partridge in a pear tree. It's very nice, right? No, because they see the, the crash site of uh, Jack Frost. And, uh, yeah, his son says that because he's a fucking melt. See? Melt, melt. You like oh, that? That's very good, yeah. And then... Um, the sheriff shows his authority by asking what's going on and he's promptly dismissed. Yeah, he's told to go away. This is a federal matter. He's like, okay then, bye. Yes, he's like scolded. He's looked down. Sorry. He just, he's like, okay, sorry, bye. One one thing I, I wondered is he's getting executed at midnight. Uh, there's half an hour to go um, before that, before the opening scene. They've, they've discussed all that. Why is the sheriff driving around with his young son Ryan at 11.30 at night. They were obviously... Where are they going? What are they doing? What's happening? I'll tell you what I'd have been doing. I'd have been dropping that kid off in the middle of the fucking wilderness is what I'd have been doing. <laughs> that might have been what he was up to. The, yeah, and, then it's, uh, and he saw the feds and thought, yeah. oh, I better not. I better take this idiot home with yeah. me. Yeah, he's not even like... I don't know if they've... Have they gone for him to be cute because he isn't I don't even know how old he's supposed to be no me neither but, but throughout the film they carry him around like he's, he, a, like well, he's a baby And uh, I'm actually going to bring this up in yeah, a minute I've got that written down yeah. as well it pissed me off <laughs> oh man this kid man this oh, at least Peter Bark is ridiculously old in Burial Ground this kid is the most annoying kid in film history um, this is when we're introduced to Agent Manners who's my second favourite policeman called Manners in film. <laughs> I've written that down as well. Yeah, uh, Agent Manners is is also to have a partner at some stage called Agent Stone. Now, in in the film Necrophiles, that uh, I think we have mentioned in the past, and we'll definitely probably mention almost every single time we talk, um, the, the, police, uh, the police officers are called Manners and Sloan, uh, and they are the most perfect... Uh, police team I've ever seen on film uh, but yeah th this one Manners and Stone it just kind of you know I don't know probably coincidence but it just kind of sat there with me all the way through this film yeah yeah Agent Manners goes up to the um, the the guard who was carrying Jack Frost in the van and uh, asks him 
to go for a midnight stroll with him to talk about Jack Frost and the, the prison officer looks delighted and extends his hand like a woman <laughs> and the man just ignores it and he looks yeah. really crestfallen yeah I'm not sure what that was all about <laughs> I think that's his attempt at humour in the film I actually thought it was funny there's a couple of things in this I actually genuinely laughed at again but that's our first introduction to uh, Agent Manners, who's kind of like, if you can't afford Chuck Norris yeah, I, or I, Aaron. I, I saw, yeah, <laughs> or, or Brother Aaron. Yeah, or, or anyone called Norris. Because picture this, he's 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 got the beard. He's got He looks a lot like Chuck Norris, to be honest. He's got the beard, he's got the hair, and he, he's wearing a black turtleneck. Mm. And then he's got the shoulder holster. Yeah, with his holsters on, yeah. Yeah, so he looks the part, if nothing else. You're the man who witnessed the incident? Let's you and me take a little midnight stroll cut to the sheriff's house the next day and here's my first thing with with how old is ryan because he says who's jack frost randomly and and uh, the sheriff says a very bad man but now he's gone to which ryan says like magic and my comment is how old is this kid mm. <laughs> what does he mean like he looks like it's like no he's dead yeah yeah that, that's what i mean not like magic you he's like idiot you're not four years old you look about 12 why is he talking like that and he also looks to be cooking a load of shit with marshmallows in it yeah yeah which which he presents to his dad and says take that and he says i'll eat it at work and puts it in a bag and it just looks it does look like dog shit in a bag <laughs> with marshmallows with, with some marshmallows in and his mom's supervising him while he's making this which i'll bring up later yeah and uh, sam comes in he's, he's he comes in from clearing the snow off the uh, off his driveway uh, which which doesn't exist because there is no snow in this film. Yeah, I've got that as well. Um, it is quite odd. Yeah, there's snow sort of... There's Well, I say snow. There's paper flakes and, and, mm. and uh, cotton wool. I think they use cotton wool and foam, apparently. But um, there's there's it's in the foreground in various spots around. But if you look in the background, everything's green and... It's actually quite nice weather. It's, yeah. it's, it looks quite, quite nice. The sun's out at all times. Um, and yeah, yeah, it looks quite pleasant. Uh, yeah, so he does his rounds as sheriff. We meet the uh, the Shannon Elizabeth family. I'm not sure what their names were, but you see Shannon Elizabeth for the first time peeking at her dad's snowman, which he's very. This dad is the angriest dad you'll you'll ever meet. I've actually I've got notes there likening him to Paulie from the Rocky films, where he's just an aggressive man, angry for no reason, shouts at people in a tiny uh, cowboy hat. Yeah, he's, he's just he's just angry, angry about them peeping at his snowman because he usually wins the snowman competition. Um, <laughs> That's <sounds> ridiculous <laughs> when you say that out loud. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth plays Jill, um, and uh, I don't know, I don't know. She she's looking almost horny right from the beginning. I don't know why, because she's literally just she's talking to the the sheriff and she sounds like she's flirting with him. Yeah, and then you also meet her. So you meet her angry dad, and you meet her heavily medicated mother. Yeah, she she's an odd character as well. Yeah, she she says she always dreamed about being the angel on top of the tree um, to her husband, who just says, "Okay." It's probably and, what you would say, and then just tells her to go and do what he's asked her to do already. So it doesn't really seem much point in her, mm. <laughs> her he's, character. He's been married to her for at least twenty years, judging by this, the, how old her kids are. So he's probably sick of that shit by now. And uh, who, who's the? Um, is it Billy? It's Billy. B B Billy, yeah. Billy is uh, Jill's brother. And the angry man and the idiot wife, uh, their son. Yeah, there's a great bit of dialogue between the sheriff and Billy, where <laughs> Billy's pretty much mute for the whole conversation, but yeah. then turns later on to be a bully. How's it going there, Billy? It's going. 
So your dad's got his snowman all covered up. Big secret. I guess. <laughs> well, he may win for the fifth year in a row, right? That's a pretty big deal. Well, nice talking to you, Billy. We're then also introduced to Tommy, who's putting tits on a snowman. Yeah, that's Tommy. That's Tommy, all yeah, right. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy, snowman tits. It's yeah. uh, something that never gets said. I think that's his last name. Um, <laughs> we, we get our first snow... What's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? This joke is in the film throughout. It's told at least, I think, three or four times. Mm. What's the difference between snowmen and snowwomen? Okay, no, really, what's the difference between... I'll see you, Tommy. It's snowballs. Did you get it, Mr. T? It's snowballs. Uh, we, we meet Paul as well. Paul, who runs the hardware store. Tommy's dad. He offers 20% off uh, a lot throughout the film on pretty much everything in his shop. I refer to him as the hardest working man in Snowmonton. Yeah. Because he's constantly trying to flog he's, shit. He's, he never stops. He's, he's working forever, Paul. Um, yeah, and he says, I cleared your drive today. Because, like, you know, because it was so snowy. Um, and then tries to sell some some salt to Sam, who's not having any of it because he's already cleared his drive. We established that earlier. Yeah, uh, it was a pointless scene, to be honest. That's Actually, you see you see the outside of the sheriff's house later, and there's no fucking snow at all. No, so. it's, it's lovely. Yeah, it's quite picturesque. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the ghost of Ryan reminding him not to throw away his fucking shit oatmeal or whatever. Yeah, because he, 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 be. he throws it in the bin. I think it is oats. I think they mention oats, although it didn't seem put anything it in it. It just looks like a shit. bag of shit, yeah. So he throws that in the bin, and uh, then he has a flashback to an earlier scene that we can all remember where he says, sure, I'll take it to work with me and have it later. So he feels guilty and pulls it back out of the bin and then just flings it into his car. You'll see why. Yeah, we meet Marla, who's a blow-drying her hair at a desk for some reason. I think Marla would be on a disciplinary by now if this was an actual... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if Marla was supposed to be some sort of uh, sexy man-eating uh, deputy sheriff, but uh, she's not attractive at all. She's got a tight perm. Yeah, yeah, too tight, some would say. Good morning, Marla. Who's everybody? Well, good morning to you too, Sam. And how are you on this fine morning? And how was your weekend skiing? Well, Marley, you know, I don't like to ski myself, but Ryan and Ann told me that they had a really gnarly time. What's the matter? Somebody die? We get we get a it's the director's favorite shot of the film where it's three men staring at something in the foreground <laughs> right in front of the camera. We get that throughout the film. It's usually these three policemen actually. And uh, yeah, it's old man Harper and his um he's on a rocking chair outside his house. His neck is broken and his head is totally back isn't it facing the camera. Yeah, and it's uh, he, he's still rocking in his chair. Um, there's a little bit of dialogue discussing what could have done this, uh, who could have done this, what happened here. The sheriff didn't seem that bothered, actually, to be honest. That's the first thing I noticed. There's some person who's been killed in this small town, and he's first, he doesn't really seem that arsed. But the <laughs> he turns to his, uh, his deputy and says, can you take your foot off the chair? <laughs> the chair stops rocking, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, we just accepted that it was still moving, but it turns out it was the deputy was doing it. Uh, <laughs> he without, had his foot on the chair. <laughs> without us being able to see that. Yeah, that was really funny. That was actually really funny, so I'll give it uh, props for that. And then he rings the FBI. He just he just, he just rang Marla and said, oh, put me through to the FBI, which they can do, apparently. Straight to Manners, who looks like he's 
It's just there at, at the phone waiting, waiting for a call. We know it's the FBI because there's a big badge behind him. No, I always like that. I like that in the film. We, the FBI, I've got the, uh, the emblem of the FBI just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing. Doesn't he say this is the MO of someone we're looking at or something? But there's no signs of candlestick eye gouges, no signs of sticks and stones. So how do they, why do they assume it's Jack Frost? Well, it's it's just the sheriff, really, because he always assumes everything is Jack Frost. Yeah, after meeting because, because him once. Because he's so scared of the world <laughs> yeah. that everything is Jack Frost. Um, See, I'd understand that if the sheriff was, you know, integral to the case and was searching for him for a long time and he terrorised that town, but he literally was just passing through and he arrested him. Yeah, he just found him and arrested him, and that's it. They, they spoke for about a minute. Yeah, and we, that's when we're introduced to Stone, aren't we? Agent Stone. Yeah, Agent Stone uh, is an odd character. He uh, he looks, like, pleased that everything's happening. He looks very happy that uh, people are being killed and... Uh, it's because he had more to do with this genetic research acid solution. Yeah, it's, it's sort of explained what the acid is. I, I don't understand even when they explain it, but he says we hadn't even tested the acid on an amoeba, let alone a human. I just, I don't actually have any idea what the hell he's talking no, about. No, he, he did say uh, it just proves the acid works. Now I don't know what the what the idea behind it was, or what the what the purpose of it could possibly be. Yeah, my next note is cut to the sheriff's house. Um, the kids making cookies. I hate this kid. Look, I made special. <laughs> I just cleaned up after your special oats. But these are extra special. Not as special as that snowman that you made outside. I didn't make a snowman. Oh, well, someone built it. But it's not finished. It needs a face. So I thought that maybe you could go outside and finish that up. Or I'll just spray down the... And he also he needs a an oven mitt, which is a snowman, to know how to make a fucking snowman. Yeah, again, you wonder how old is this idiot? <laughs> because he doesn't even know what a snowman's supposed to look like, which, uh, you know, he's, he's just massively unlikable, Ryan. He yeah. really is. But he looks down to, to, to see where the carrot goes. It's like... Yeah, and thankfully... Um, some bullies turn up and call him names, which which is about time something bad happened to him. Hey, movie. I said movie. Are you deaf as well as but ugly? It didn't really make sense what he said. You're right in the middle of the uh, the bobsled run or some black, black ice. Yeah, some it's rubbish. Dead. He says, but this is my dad's yard. <laughs> bobsled run. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> cool runnings. <laughs> You're standing in the middle of a black ice sled run, snot for brains. But this is my dad's front lawn. Look, are you going to move or am I going to have to kick your stomach out of the top of your head again? I like the bully says, nobody says nothing behind my back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't say nothing. <laughs> and then he, he rhymes, there's something about rhyming in this film. You remember, Ken, you remember when you were a kid and their bullies would use nursery rhymes to intimidate their victims? Yeah, yeah, it happened to me quite a lot, <laughs> more, said... more than I care to remember. <laughs> It was just a, a, I don't mean to be tra too traumatic for you, but he mm. says... And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't give a rat's ass about Tyler's little snowman. <laughs> so it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> Who the no hell's sense. Tyler? Him, Ryan Tyler. Oh, right, OK, sorry, yeah. So he's not even calling him by his first name. Oh, that is nasty. Yeah, and then he knocks the snowman's head off with his sled, doesn't he? Yeah, he hates yeah. this seven-foot-tall snowman, which there's no possible way Ryan could have made. No, and, uh, yeah, he knocks the head clean off with one swipe. Yeah, and then that's when we get our first death scene. Which is good, 
Um, it's it's good that we get one, but it's uh, it's rubbish. It's I suppose a, I suppose Harv was the first death scene, but this is the first of the the Snowmanton snowballs. Yeah, yeah, the um, Jack Frost. Who we'll find out it's Jack Frost. It's just a snowman for now. But you know, you gotta you gotta piece this together yourselves sometime. Uh, pushes Billy. Was it? Yeah. Jack Frost. Oh, no. Spoiler, spoiler. Oh, I didn't know at this point. Yeah, I guess his head cut clean off by a sl- uh, his mate who's sledding. I don't know why he's decided to start sledding whilst his mate is busy intimidating a 10-year-old. Because that black ice run, that waits for no man. I didn't do it. Holy moly, Ryan killed it. Billy! It wasn't me. What else made me laugh out loud was that they put the kid's body in a black the, the standard black bag and then he, they put his head in a see-through bag <laughs> so walking out and they also cover the blood with one little tiny bit of snow yeah. and then leave it like, yeah oh, that's I just fine. think that'll do but she got me on the counter it was me saw me banging on the sofa it was me I even had her in the shower it was me she even got me on camera angry dad's back yep yeah, he's back I'm not happy Surprisingly, he's, he's little little Billy. He's not overly emotional about it. He's, he's just, just angry. He's, yeah. he's not sad or anything. The mom's not emotional at all. No, she she just tries to calm him down. She's, it's, she's it's having a great son. time. It's only our son who's dead. Let, calm down. Stop shouting. There, there's a priest as well. The priest who's nearby but doesn't get to say anything. He's just kind of just nods a bit. And, I don't think the priest talks through the whole film. Oh, he, he, just, he does. He does. He does. He does yeah, because I was watching out in case he came back thinking, is he not allowed to speak? But he does get a couple of lines. He just sort of turns the furnace on, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's his main job as a priest. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of off-camera dialogue as well, which uh, I did enjoy, where the dad, uh, the Sam, Sam is trying to placate the dad and saying, look, it couldn't have happened, I must believe uh, Ryan. And he says it couldn't have been a fight because Billy's two foot taller than Ryan. At which point somebody off-camera just says, not anymore, he ain't. And uh, we don't know who it was because I rewound that and try and see who said it. Because I thought it might have been the idiot wife, but no, she doesn't speak. So someone just says that off camera. I love that. That's the reasoning for the sheriff. So we won't even look into this and in the possibility that my son has accidentally killed your son. He's, he's, he's too tall. He's too tall to have killed yeah, him. Yeah, you can't, you can't kill tall people. And then he's like, we'll talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, fair enough, bye. <laughs> he's like, I can't talk about it tomorrow. I'm burying my son. <laughs> That's the end of the scene. Yeah, and then the priest sort of like nods a little bit and walks off. He says, keep it holy. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't, no. Yeah, the next scene is uh, the mom making dinner. There's, I suppose it's trying to be sort of build tension. I like this bit. It was um, the Sam, Sam the sheriff, is uh, looking through some old correspondence that he received from Jack Frost whilst he was in prison. And I'm pretty sure that prison, any correspondence in or out, are monitored by the prison guards. But what, what Jack seems to have done is he's written letters like ransom demands you know where you cut out little letters from exactly different what from, I've written. From magazines and therefore you don't know who they're from so you can't trace the handwriting well what would, what's the point of that because he knows it's from him 
it's it has to be from him otherwise it wouldn't have made sense so and he just keeps writing I'll find a way again and again it'd be boring yeah why the hell would you take the time to cut out the individual letters if he signs it with his name yeah. and also the style of the, the it's, it's like a ransom note with the individual letters cut out but it's also in sort of in the style of a historical quote it's uh, I will find a way and then underneath there's a dash and then frost like it's some sort of historical yeah. it's, it's yours 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 fondly Frost. It's ridiculous. That's exactly what I wrote. I was like, yeah, why is he cutting this stuff out yeah, if he well, already knows I mean, who I it's know from? He, I know he's locked up for for all time, and he probably has got the time to do it, but what, just what's the point? What's the point of it, Jack? Yeah. We're also assuming it's Jack that made them, because he's, he's shouting it. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah, you just you get him shouting so, whilst he's reading it. So which, maybe the sheriff did them himself, because yeah, he's so just, haunted. Just to remember what it was that he said. Maybe little Ryan did it as a as a treat. Yeah, a little shit. And then the, <laughs> the mom says, I thought you destroyed those. And he says, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, it is. Yeah, just paper, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just bits of paper. He could have destroyed that. Could have destroyed it there and then when she said it. <laughs> she could have took it off him and said, look, here you go, and just done it for him. And yeah. So there you go. It was quite easy. Just burns it. And then we cut to Angry Dad's house. It's a, a happy, happy holiday that the mom says, "Should we put the Christmas lights on?" Yeah, this. But I wish, I wish he'd just have stood up and punched her in the face. Yeah. Be, but he, he almost does. He's just very angry about the whole thing still. Yeah, and the, the daughter comes downstairs, and there's, 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 he just waits for us to get to the the point for the the, the shot, obviously, because he's standing there totally like blank faced. And then when she gets to the right point, he suddenly goes violent and grabs her, like flings her around, and he says, "What grief isn't good enough for you?" Yeah, yeah, she she's above grief. She's <laughs> Jill. She's sexy. She's heading out out with uh, is it Tommy? Tommy, yeah. Tommy, yeah. She's Tommy, no. She's heading out with Tommy. Hey! And where in God's name you think you're prowling off to like some lady of the night? Her grief isn't good enough for you? You may not have cared for your little brother. Jesus, Dad, I loved Billy. Do not be forsaking the Lord's name in my house, little girl! The Lord forsook this house long ago. Yeah, she's off to go and see little Tommy. Little Tommy Snow Tits, as he's known. And then she says, um, "What does the mom says something?" To which the dad says, "Sally, when I on, oh, she, she's just angry or something like that." And uh, <laughs> the dad says, "Sally, when I want philosophy, I'll turn on Oprah. Now finish my scarf." <laughs> she's knitting him a scarf. Yeah. Then he goes out for a little little pipe. Yeah, <laughs> a little pipe smoke. <laughs> yeah, just just on his own, just to cool down a little bit because uh, the the hot headed nature of his life. Uh, you would assume he would explode shortly if he didn't uh, if he didn't go outside. And he he walks past a massive snowman, which uh, it wasn't there, I assume, earlier, but uh, it is there now. There's not enough snow in the whole town to make this snowman. No, it, it's a seven foot snowman. Yeah, and it's, it's it's actually made of rubber that Jack Frost. They had one snowman to shoot for the film, and it's made of rubber. And you'll notice it never moves during the whole of the film. Yeah, it's incredibly rigid. It's a rigid snowman. You'll see someone with a, an oven mitt, a white oven mitt that's supposed to be his hand, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, and on some occasions there's two, so he bought, he bought the set. All the deaths happen off screen, there's oven mitts flying everywhere, and then the snowman, if you ever get a shot of the snowman, he's totally stationary. If movement of the snowman is what you're looking for, maybe skip this one and go to Jack Frost 2. 
yeah, <laughs> where he does move but looks the, ridiculous. The most movement on this, I think you just get the head spinning round on top of the ball of snow. Yeah, that, the that, most that's about it. Pathetic death scene of all time is when you actually see movement from the snowman, which we'll talk about in a bit. So, yeah, and um, Jack Frost starts taunting. And he says, say, pal, got a smoke. Which I don't know if you remember was the same thing he said to Harve earlier on, and that didn't end well. Yeah, and he has no idea where this noise is coming from. Yeah, he just looks around. We look at everything except the snowman, in fact. The camera angle just gives us the shot of everything, which is nothing at all, really. We just look at nothing. And he, he does the full circle around the snowman, the dad looking for whoever the voice is. While, from. while he's also saying who's there, uh, thinks it might be Sam. Sam, is that you? Come to make peace. Yeah, and he's laughing. <laughs> yeah, and thinks that it probably is, so that's, that's amusing even though my son's just died. Um, he gets his axe out of the uh, the big wooden stump that he keeps it in. That's also what he calls his wife, the big wooden stump. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been a better actor. <laughs> yeah, and then Jack Frost takes the, the axe off him and just shoves it down his throat. Yeah, handle first, an odd use of an axe. Really. I mean, it's that, not, not what I expected them to use the axe for. But, yeah, uh, the handle of the axe is very long and he falls... Yeah, flat on the floor. But the axe is still sticking upwards, so... Yeah, yeah, there you go. Not sure where that is. We, uh, Jack then throws in one of his uh, one of his classic one-liners. Gosh, I only axed you for a smoke. <laughs> the tree lights go out, the mum goes and has a look. She comes back with a handful of snow. <laughs> yeah, there's some water on the floor. Yeah. Um, and then a snowman grows behind her and wraps her up like a Christmas tree and very, very violently smashes her face into the bubbles. Yeah, I, like I like that. I did too. I, I know I said that I think the melting, but at the first uh, was my favourite bit, but I actually think this is my favourite bit. Yeah, because it's so over the top. Yeah, she, he just smashes her face into some baubles on the floor. And puts one in her mouth, doesn't he? And, yeah, and then he does it again. Yeah, and then he smashes her face back into these baubles, and she's got bits of glass of baubles sticking out of her face. And then, it, and then he he rubs her face into the baubles as well, not not just a one off. And uh, yeah, I like that. Sort of wraps her up and wraps her to the Christmas tree with tinsel and, and puts the star. So she always wanted to be a Christmas angel, and she ended up doing it. Jack Frost, he's uh, he's making dreams come true. Yeah. Yeah, he stabs the star into the top of her head, which I don't think was part of the dream. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the harsh reality of it all. Yeah, well, it's almost like Wishmaster, you know, they wish for something and it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it goes wrong. That's all he's doing. He's granting wishes. We sh he should be applauded. The hardest working man in Snowton turns up again. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's bloody Paul. It's hardware store Paul turns up and he's got another bag of bloody salt. Yeah, so he turns in, lets himself in. I don't know what he's doing, just letting himself into people's houses. But uh, he, walk, he walks in with some salt, sees a snowman, you assume, because we don't see what he sees, but we know what's there. Uh, and uh, he just, just drops the salt and fucks off again into the woods, just runs away. Ken, I've got a question for you. What do you what's your opinion on how the police handle... When they find the, the family... We get the three shot again of the police staring at the corpse. Mm. Do you think the police handle this well? No, well, you've got the you've got the wisecracking deputy, uh, for instance. I mean, one of them said, "I only came by to see how they were." Um, one of them says a joke, 
as well. He was the one who seemed to be tipping the chair in the previous scene. Uh, he jokes about lots of things throughout the film. He doesn't yeah. take any death seriously, which is weird. Uh, then they sing Jesus and say Jill's only 18. They tell us how old she is as though there's some mm. reason. Yeah, where's Jill? She's only 18. This is like, okay. Does she ever find out her family's dead? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if she's got time. Yeah. I think she's preoccupied, isn't she, through yeah. Earth for the rest of her scenes. I just think that the sheriff talks to the deputies and, again, he just doesn't seem arsed at the fact that no. A family and an old man have been killed. No, I, I assume I assume he's just pleased that the family are dead now, so he hasn't got to explain their son's death to them anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. What I yeah, he's just tick like, that off his worksheet. Oof, that's that's a job less I've got. And then the meeting between Manners and the sheriff when he goes back to his um yeah. his police office. Yeah, yeah, it's a very very clever scene where he tells Martha, oh, Martha, what was her name? Marla. Marla. Yeah, get me that asshole manners. Yeah. Who are you? He says when he sees. This kind of sounds like a, a line from a porn film. <laughs> asshole. Sounds like a porn film. Asshole manners. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally different film. <laughs> I'm not sure if Shannon Elizabeth's in that one as well. <laughs> Yeah, and he says, I'm... I, did he call himself an arsehole? Yeah, I'm that asshole manners. <laughs> I think we get the title of the film again. <laughs> and then sure there's a freeze frame. I'm not sure if Cooney's, uh, Cooney made that film. <laughs> just advertising it like the Malibu Express. Yeah, and then we just get classic small-town sheriff versus big law enforcement that's in every film like this, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe it's usually known as a dick-measuring competition. <laughs> But uh, thankfully, none of that actually happens on screen. Uh, where they talk about, uh, yeah, I'm the FBI and you're just a small town sheriff. It's in every film, isn't it? Like the the, the big FBI come in and, and take over and the, the, the small town sheriff isn't happy about it. And they butt heads and they do throughout the film, these two. He always says this on a need-to-know basis. Yeah, and you don't need to know. Yeah, he actually does say that. He doesn't say it at first. He says it's on a need-to-know basis and ends it there, but he does eventually go with the cliché. Stone's there as well with a big shit-eating grin on his face. Yeah, idiot. I hate him. Yeah, and they're looking at this this puddle of water at the the house of Shannon Elizabeth, and uh, Manners says a footprint can be as accurate as a fingerprint, which may be true if it isn't just a puddle of water. Yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and Stone puts a little Christmas light into the water. Yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> yeah, Manners, Manners says he wants a curfew, doesn't he? Which seems plausible. I don't see why the sheriff's against that. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, th- this is after we, we get a quick cut of uh, hardware store Paul still running through the, the the woods. But he's still going. I don't know how long it's been since he left that house because they've found the bodies, they've gone back to the police station, they've had a chat, they've gone back and investigated what's going on. And then we just see him still running up the road, uh, <laughs> still looking behind him and running really, really slowly. So, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe that's why he's been so long, because he's not running properly. Yeah, yeah he's kind of stumbling. Pace. Yeah, he's kind of stumbling along. Uh, but he's still going anyway, so just just in case you wonder what happened to Paul. Uh, uh, this made me laugh as well, this scene, actually, is when uh, he goes on stage, he, he gets all the townsfolk into the town hall, and they all applaud him. 
<laughs> I don't know why they're applauding him. But he tells them the situation. He says, um, the priest is going to turn the heating on. And they're all, they're all, yeah, they're just applauding that. And then he says... Because it's, it's cold, it did Snowmanton. The thing that made me laugh the most is he says, we have a situation. And then someone in the crowd goes, way to go, Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, all right, let's all settle down. <laughs> yeah. And then... and. Uh, then we hear a noise outside, and they say, "What? It, what actually is that noise? It's uh, it's hardware store Paul, oh, who's God. who's outside punching snowmen heads off <laughs> because he's, he's gone insane. He's practicing his karate. <laughs> That's what he does when he's not selling salt at twenty percent discount. He's out <laughs> punching snowmen with <laughs> with massive prejudice." <laughs> Is that when Manners, with the worst sound effect you'll ever hear? Yeah, Manners just punches him out, just <laughs> knocks him clean out. He's an elderly man. Um, he is. And Manners is, is not an elderly man at all. He's in his prime, perhaps. Uh, yeah, he just punches Paul to the floor <laughs> <laughs> without, without even saying anything. They're trying to calm him down. Manners just punches him out. And uh, after um, we see an elderly man get punched to the ground, we get the most pathetic death scene in the film. The the um, deputy. Oh, yeah, the idiot deputy. Yeah, he's driving, and there's a snowman, and he's holding a big stop sign. I say a snowman, it's Jack Frost. Uh, he gets out with his shovel. The snowman's gone. So he goes to put his shovel in the back of the car, and Jack Frost is now in the driver's seat. Yeah, with his spinny head. Yeah, and he turns his head, the only movement you'll ever see from Jack Frost in this film, and he very slowly runs the sheriff the deputy over. And this is the, the deputy that's uh, wisecracking previously about other people's deaths. If you're a deputy and you die by a car very, very slowly running you over, you're a moron. Even more so if it's driven by a large snowman. How, yeah. does, he, how does he drive it? He ain't got any feet. No. I don't know. If you know the answer to that question, by the way, oh, yeah. Yeah, do get in contact. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, let us know how... How snowmen drive. Yeah, well, it's like Mythbusters. Can a mm. snowman drive a car? Send us in some of the science yeah. behind that. We'll find out. We get Sean Elizabeth, who... Um, oh, man. Sean Elizabeth decides to break into the sheriff's house to have sex. Yeah, it, it, it's an odd It's an odd thing. I mean, obviously, if she broke into my house to have sex, that would be perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I mean, didn't her brother just die? Why is she, why is she cavorting around? Is that really what would happen? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't explain women to you, Dom. <laughs> I just don't know. They anyway, take a massive anyway. amount of clothes off when they get inside. They do, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's an attempt at comedy as well, where they've yeah. got lots of clothes on because it's supposed to be cold out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they remove lots of clothes until they've just got a normal amount of clothes on. Yeah, they're still fully dressed. Uh, explain this to me, Ken. So they break into the sheriff's house, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is already dangerous. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm guessing a, that's the whole point of it, it's sort of dangerous sex. There's, there's a killer on the loose, uh, brother's dead. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. have some spur-of-the-moment dangerous sex. Mm -hmm. But first, I want you to get a bottle of wine and build me a log fire. Yes, in someone else's house. Yeah. Because we've got all the time in the world, because I know for a fact they won't be back. Shan yeah. Shan Elizabeth leaves Tommy to go and find this for some reason and uh, she goes upstairs to dry her hair for a really long time before she has a bath yeah that annoyed me because she has a bath and she just gets her hair wet again straight away yeah why the hell would she do it's that it's just an irritating scene I think it's just so uh, she can't hear the ruckus 
that's going on downstairs. So she's got the hairdryer on. Uh, she's also puts the radio on for, I don't know, about two minutes and then just turns it off like, and carries on drying her hair. I, I like how every time there's a radio or anything on, it's always generic country music. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like guitar. Ro- Royalty-free country music. Uh, Tommy, uh, there's a dramatic shot of a carrot in the icebox. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know if that's like... Which I think was one of our one of our albums, wasn't it, from the 90s? The <laughs> Carrot and the Icebox. Yeah, well, uh, that used to mean something, didn't it? Back in the old days. Yeah. Kids uh, won't know what that means now. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, um, because he's, I don't know, he's a moron, he actually, it looks like he gets champagne and then puts puts yeah. ice in it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like sparkling rosé as well. Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even like a proper champagne. It seems to be a sparkling rosé and then decides it needs ice. I mean, this is Shannon and Elizabeth we're talking about. You've got to impress girls like that. Although, to be honest, breaking into the sheriff's house has probably done the trick. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a snowball hits the window. Tommy drops to the floor, uh, shouts out, it's me, Tommy. Sheriff, I'm not a burglar, although I have broken into your house, no matter who I am. I like how he just assumes the sheriff's throwing snowballs at his own house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'd do. I've, uh, I was, I took to sort of uh, writing down every time he did a one-liner, Jack Frost, and he oh, does two, oh, quick yeah, fire. Oh, yeah, 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 this is... Um that must have taken up a lot of your time then because it's almost everything he says from now on yeah is that. anything that's anything well it's, it's not every one liner it's, it's sort of snow based one liners yeah he says well it ain't fucking frosty yeah that's uh, in answer to Tommy shouting who's out there and he says who are you man Tommy says he's not worried if it's a snowman he just wants to know who he is yeah who are you and he says the world's most pissed off snow cone yeah again that doesn't really make sense but, no, um, he ends up. He, he can. He has the ability to shoot icicles out of his hands. Yeah, which we've just found out now. Yeah, he didn't do it earlier, but now he can. He impales um, Tommy to the door and then shoots him in the face with it. Yeah, while Jill's finally finished drying her hair, and then she strips and gets into the bath and washes her hair. Yeah, she assumes Tommy's run her a bath for some reason, because now we get the most infamous scene from this film, which is the Shannon Elizabeth death scene. Yeah, she, she's in the bath. Um, there's no actual nudity, which uh, is a shame because I remember a lot of nudity, but maybe that was just a dream I had after the film. You were watching American Pie. Yeah, oh yeah, I was watching uh, Asshole Manners. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 2. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, was, that was the one I watched. Um, but uh, she's, she's in the bath and uh, you get to see some, some thigh uh, some some skin, some arm, you know, but there's there's no actual sexual nudity in this. Um, then she says, uh, "No, Tommy, don't put cold water in." Tommy, no. <laughs> she says it like James Earl Jones. <laughs> and a carrot inexplicably floats to the top of the bath water. And that's not uh, a euphemism for her shitting in the bath. No, <laughs> no, which is a different film. That I think she. That made. was Asshole Man's yeah. Volume Two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Some people would pay a lot of money for Shannon Elizabeth to shit in their bath. <laughs> Asshole manners, volume two. Bad manners. <laughs> Bad bath time manners. Uh, yeah, it fills with snow, doesn't it? Well, it's supposed to be snow. It's yeah, like... so, sorry, I'm thinking about yes, Shannon Elizabeth that's enough shitting in my bath. <laughs> <laughs> you hope it's a. <laughs> I don't know if people would pay a lot of money, actually. I, I don't know if anyone would. Anyway, uh, let us know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, if you're listening. (laughs) How much would it cost? And uh, anyone out there, fancy fancy paying her for that? (laughs) 
<laughs> we can hook you up. Yeah, let us know. It is Christmas. We do our best to uh, to give out the gifts that you want. Apparently, this scene was not supposed to be a rape scene, but as they were editing it, uh, editing it the editor said to the director, you know what this looks like, don't you? And uh, he just went, all right, well, we'll just go with it then. Because his, his carrot is not, does not appear on his face in this scene. No, and he kind of just like stands her up and then bumps her against the wall a lot. Yeah, I mean, they obviously took the carrot off so it didn't impale Shannon Elizabeth's eyeball or something. But yeah, it basically looked like he was raping her. And there's a, another scene that made me laugh is right now, where she, even though her hands are actually inside the snowman, in the interior shot mm. on the exterior her hand is against the window and <laughs> looks like it's waving and then there's this unknown man with his back to camera <laughs> he simply just waves and just, just waves, up. Up, waves up at the window <laughs> which is which made me laugh out loud as yeah, well yeah we don't know who he was and it's not important he's just waving to somebody <laughs> his silhouetting <laughs> wave I thought that was the funniest part of the film yeah I enjoyed that bit. yeah and then for some reason she's dead another another is it a pun looks like Christmas came a little early this year is that a pun? Yeah, it is, yeah, which sort of backs up the rape yeah. idea, doesn't it? And I think the, that would have been added afterwards, and yeah. The, and then how he, did she die? What, how did she... Um, I think he just bangs her against the wall until she gives up. Right. And dies. And then he says, hope it was good for you. Puts his nose back on and smokes a, a pipe, which you would assume belongs to Angry Man from earlier. That's when the, the chain-smoking female officer finds a scarf on the floor and somehow knows who it belongs to. It's just a scarf, yeah. she says. But wait, because it isn't. Uh, yeah, the snowman grows behind her. Instantly, it's there. Uh, Manners shoots its head clean off. And the, the, the they lock themselves in the sheriff's office and the sheriff still doesn't know what they're fighting. He says, what are we fighting? I just saw something that doesn't belong to this world, which is was a snowman. So it does belong to this world, Sheriff. <laughs> rather a long-winded way of speaking at all, though, isn't it, really, that? <laughs> the, the manners must think these two are fucking inept as fuck because um, the woman's like, what is that? Do you hear something? And then the sh- they're all looking round and there's water gushing through the door. Pissing through the door. It's a ridiculous amount. And I've got something about that as well, right, because I've written down... Every time that happens, who's making the doors in Snowmanton? Because they've got so many gaps. Considering it's supposed to be a snow town and it's supposed to be so cold, why on earth would you make such ill-fitting doors that would just let the draft through, the wind, the snow, everything? It's just rubbish. Whoever's made those doors, shame on you. Yeah. Well, yeah, well... Um, Sorry the, the, about that, but that really, really wound well, me Well, that's up. fair enough, because they cut out the scene where the mayor's talking about the heat consumption of the town. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, one planet, one chance. Yeah that's, yeah, that's true, yeah. That's the biggest horror of this film. The effect on the environment. And the effect on me watching it. Right, stand clear. Damn it, it's not working! Manners dumbs himself down to their level by shooting a puddle next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite point blank range. Only for the, to see there were no holes in the floor whatsoever. He's got a gun with a laser sight on it. <laughs> yeah, so he can see the water he's shooting. And shoots it for absolutely no reason. He says, damn, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, and then they decide to um, blow the sheriff's department up, don't they? I think it's because they, they use a hairdryer. 
he uh, he he shows Jack Frost a hairdryer, which he's frightened of, but it doesn't work. So uh, they think, aha, heat is the thing that will do it. So what we need to do is blow everything up. Um, so they get all the aerosol cans that they've got in the police station, which, which is, is about three. It, well, <laughs> it seems more than you actually would think they would have. Um, and they sell it. They tape all of the all of the nozzles down, so it's just spraying constantly. Um, they do that before they even know where they're going. So rather than wait to get to somewhere, then do it. They do it in advance of all that. Then they run to the back. There's a, a glass window with a with a lock on it, and Manners again <laughs> decides he wants to shoot it. <laughs> Just wants to shoot everything, and uh, he says, "No, you'll blow the place." <laughs> yeah, um, and that's that's because at this point they can't find the keys to the window that he won't let Manners shoot, because like an idiot, like a small town yokel, he's left the keys in the door they've just come through. Uh, and then he has to very some like very slowly go and get them. It's the most intense grabbing of keys from a lock in any film. Because water is pissing through the door again because it's another badly made door, even though it is locked shut. He, get, he goes to the keys, we get to see him from within the water, uh, which is another scene the director liked. Um, and he fumbles the keys because he's some sort of idiot who can't control his own hands. <laughs> but he, he drops the keys in the water. He goes to pick up the keys from the water. The water becomes ice, grabs him. He uh, breaks free instantly because, you know, why not? And uh, he makes his way back while they're all coughing and saying, we can't breathe because there's three aerosols that are spraying a bit. And you think that's the end to the tension, but no, because the hardest working man in Snowton... Mm. Is in a cell still. They put him in there to calm him down after he got knocked out. After Mama's punched his face in. So he has to let him out as well. And the, the, what I don't understand is why don't they just break the glass? Why do they need to use the lock? Yeah, he does have a gun. He could have used the handle. Yeah, just smash the glass and climbed out. That's not important right now. No. <laughs> but they all end up climbing out and then Manners says, I hope someone remembered to put the cat out. Yeah. I hated that line. Yeah, I did as well. I wrote it down and uh, it annoyed me. And then yeah. he shoots it anyway, he shoots the building. Yeah, well, he shoots the metal, doesn't he, on the frame of yeah. the window that creates a spark that blows the building up, probably. We don't see it because there's obviously no budget for that sort of thing. Um, and then we, we think Jack Frost's dead. But we only think that for about three seconds yeah, they, because they they don't they let that breathe, they, 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 there's no relaxation scene where everyone's like, oh, God, that was a close one, wasn't it? And then suddenly he's like, I'm not dead. Uh, no, it's instant. They just thought, we ain't got time for this shit. Uh, he actually sort of waddles back into shot. Yeah, and then he, he combines, but in a in a sort of his his heads on his arm, and he says, "Look, Ma, I'm a Picasso." Yeah, just one line is to the end for, yeah, for Jack Frost. Just didn't like that. Um, and he, he carries on just in the background. You can hear him just um, just doing quip after quip. And then the scientist, who does he explain? Is it to the sheriff? Stone, he, he's finally called in to just explain what the bloody hell he's doing in the film. And he's taken sort of a... Is it, um, I can't remember the character. I don't know if it's an alien or aliens. This is vague as fuck, so sorry. But that's what it reminded me of I was watching it. You know when he's sort of like, we, we can't kill them, we've got to protect them? Which alien film is that? It's just all of them, isn't it? Is it all of them? I can't remember. But yeah, he turns that way and he doesn't want Jack Frost to be harmed and he, he keeps shouting to him like he's his fucking girlfriend or something he, he also explains that uh, 
the human soul is oh. is a chemical. Yeah, I have no idea what happened in this scene. No, no, it's, it's just basically he's trying to explain how this has all happened. Like, like anyone watching it would just be like, well, medically, this wouldn't have occurred at all. Yeah, he basically says that he created this acid to help humans survive a apocalypse or something. Yeah, I've no idea, and it doesn't matter. So they end up hatching a plan where um, even though the massive explosion didn't kill him, they decide the best thing to do is to lure him down into the town hall basement and put him in the furnace there. Well, you said lure him, but they actually say, well, let's not lure him, let's force him. Oh, yes. That's actually a line. Yeah, the, the sheriff starts doing a, bit, a few one-liners now, doesn't he? Yeah, so th- that's the plan. So obviously the priest who's in charge of just turning on the furnace, and he, as he has done twice already, I think, he does it again now. Is it the same shot? Yeah, I think re-used. it is, yeah. He just walks in and just turns turns the knob and uh, on comes the furnace. Yeah, and then they all, they're all outside sort of standing very awkwardly with their hands behind their back. Yeah, which it, uh, irritated me. I mean, there is a reason for that, but it irritated me prior to them revealing it. And then, in fact, when they did reveal the reason, it irritated me again. And during this time, Manners starts to tell the story. What if he doesn't show? Jack was never one to miss a party. You know, I remember a night like this back in 79. There were three of us holed up. Shh, 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 shh. What? Do you feel that? And then some noise happens, and he never gets to finish that story. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like there's a, something similar happened to him. There was three of them in 1979, and we never find out what, what it was. Yeah, I liked that. That made I, me laugh. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd quite like to know what happened, though. Maybe that's the spin-off. Asshole Manners 3. <laughs> Volume 3. Back in 79. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to know. I actually thought we might come back to that, and we don't, which is a shame. Yeah, because he says, um, someone says, is he going to show up? And then Manners says, Jack was never one to miss a party. Yeah, it, 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 but obviously uh, he doesn't miss this party uh, and uh, and smashes into the place in a massive snowball. Yeah, in sort of Monty Python-esque scene where none of them see it until it's right in front of them. Yeah, and then it's, it smashes through into the doors of <clears> the <throat> uh, of the church hall, town hall, whatever it is. And then we just, we see that behind their backs they're all holding hair dryers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I mean. It irritated me because they're all still stood in a like in a really close line with their hand behind their back. With me and Ken being in middle management as we were at one point, the uh, the health and safety nightmare of the fact that they had all of the hair dryers plugged into an extension cord. Oh dear! Which, if anyone who's done fire safety knows that you shouldn't plug anything that conducts heat into a an extension cord. And especially, if, I mean, if, there's no pat testing. Um, stickers on any of the plugs. We do get to see the plugs. Uh, couldn't see any stickers on, so that that would raise a little little bit of concern. Yeah, we get a we get a, a point of view shot when Jack sort of advances on them before they show their hair dryers, and they're all standing like they're groomsmen at a wedding. Yeah, it's horrible. Sideways on, aren't they? One behind the other. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they advance upon Jack uh, with their hair dryers blazing. Um, then. The sheriff's wife joins in the scene. She she appears. She's also got a hairdryer. Uh, the priest wanders into shot with a hairdryer as well. So just some random town folk are also there with hairdryers, and they're all advancing upon Jack, who's uh, melting. 
and uh, he he's not happy about it. He's he's reversing himself out slowly into a furnace, which is I think it's downstairs. I don't know how he gets downstairs, uh, but they're just walking towards him until he's in a furnace, and then they shut him in. Yeah, someone says we iced him. Yeah, the, I think that was the sheriff. The sheriff started joining in with the one-liners. I'm not happy about it. Uh, yeah, so Ryan, Ryan's there again. Uh, they're still carrying Ryan around, and I don't know why. Because as I said, he's he's not a small child. He's just an irritatingly sized child. Uh, looks about nine, ten years old. But they're mm-hmm. carrying him, and they pass him to each other, like he still needs to be carried. And I don't know whether that's just to keep him in shot. Also, or- why why does the sheriff call him Honey all the time? Sickening. I think it's an Americanism. Oh, I don't think. God. I don't think. He calls it, his ten-year-old kid honey. I don't think it has a, a gender. The word honey in America. Does it not? I don't know. Mm. I, I don't live there. Um, if you're if you're American and you like to call small boys honey, let us know why. Mm. Or just turn yourself in. <laughs> we get the FBI agents. They're standing looking at the furnace, and then some steam escapes from the top. And it's Jack Frost. He's turned himself into steam. Yeah, and um, <laughs> the plug is out. He's mm. pulled the plug out, so he can't uh, he can't do that with his hairdryer anymore, um, because Manners quickly goes for his hairdryer. Sorry, I've I've just got <laughs> I've just got blow me written. That's what he says when he he sees that the plug's not in. He's not plugged in. So Jack Frost says, "Blow me." Ah, uh, that's oh, thank God for because, that. Because because he can't. I was wondering why... They, literally, that's all I've got on this line. I'm wondering no, why I've written that. I wrote some context. I thought you could say, yeah, I wrote that. No. <laughs> a subtle hint. No. Um, yeah, and then he says frostbite. Yeah, because he, he bites Manners in, in the, the face. face. But rather than just bite his head off, which uh, would have been better, because he's got, like, icicle teeth, uh, he just, like, sort of, like, scratches his face with his teeth. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, Manners deserve better, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but but that is, that's Manners dead. Yeah, or is, is it, it? He is comes it? back in the second whoa, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, she's spoiling the second one no, as well. Sorry, Bad guys. enough we're spoiling this one. Yeah, and then he says next time we'll use mistletoe, so three quick-fire little one-liners, mm. one after the other. And then uh, you assume he kills Stone off-camera, but no. <laughs> well, it's because Stone says, wait, I can help you. How does it feel? And during all this, uh, Jack Frost is like, huh? Uh-huh? Oh, all the way through, like when he's talking to him. Much like that idiot kid at the beginning, where yeah. he just won't shut up and just be spoken to. It's constantly got to interact. Uh, anyway, how does it feel? The answer to how does it feel is cold, which uh, Jack Frost shouts and then uh, descends upon stone. Yeah, and you assume he's dead, but he he then walks out of the sheriff. Uh, it's not the sheriff, the city hall, doesn't he, Stone? Yeah, really awkwardly. Yeah, and for far too long. Yeah, and uh, the sheriff just looks at him without speaking a single word, <laughs> uh, which again is odd. He starts throwing up foam, doesn't he? And then he dies. So what happened was... Yeah, that I think he says, fuck it. Yeah. Actually, like he's trying to pretend that he's stone and then he just decides, fuck it. And, yeah. Uh, and then just starts to... Like, his throat swells up in some kind of like special effects thing, which again I thought was quite good. Um, and then he just starts throwing up. Uh, carrot. Oh, the the neck extending and some thing. And snow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a bullfrog, yeah. uh, which I thought was quite good. It's a practical effect. 
Um, yeah. It's quite pointless, but uh, I, I quite liked it. Yeah, speaking of pointless, why the hell does Jack think that's a good idea to do that? Literally just to walk up the stairs. Yeah, and then he and then he says, don't eat yellow snow. Oh, he's, he's running on, on one liners now, isn't he? Yeah, but but that doesn't even have any context. That's what it. I mean. There's no relevance to what he's doing or anything, but he, <laughs> he, he does say that. I did put, what the fuck does that have to do with anything mm. in my notes? Yeah, I put, I put pointless, pointless phrase. That's when he grabs his son and gets in the car. Gets in the car and yet again cannot find the fucking keys. Now, honestly, keys pissing me off in this film. He's just always, where's the key? What about that key? We haven't got the key. He's shit with keys. The best thing to do is to try and hotwire it <laughs> instead of just getting out of the car. Yeah, that's true. While Jack, Jack is now melting himself into the car through the aircon. Um, so yeah, hot wiring it's probably the best thing to do. While his son's just whining like a little useless fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. when That's a good description. That's when um the sheriff decides to grab the bag of shit and marshmallows, which is yeah. one of our albums. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is after Jack throws in another quip of I think your engine's flooded. Yeah, and so he hits him in the face with uh, with the bag. And the bag isn't open, so I don't know why it has any effect on Jack, but it does. He starts screaming in pain. Yeah, I think he just throws whatever he can find, and all, it, all he can find is a bag of shit. He says oatmeal makes me makes him burn. That's what the sheriff says, just so if we weren't sure of it, he tells us. And, uh, right, I've put... This is my notes. Ryan, the little fuck, has put antifreeze in the food he gave to his own dad under his mum's supervision. His mum was watching him make that. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're both... They both want their... The dad dead. Yeah, so I, I think that's perhaps uh, attempted murder from, yeah. from Ryan and uh, the sheriff's wife. But I have actually also written what the hell Ryan has put antifreeze in his dad's lunch. Um... What a fucking idiot. Yeah, and the dad seems delighted by it. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it may have saved their life, but uh, it would have taken his life had he just sat and eaten it without any of this uh, debacle going on. Anti-freeze in a little shitty oatmeal. Yeah. I didn't want you to get cold, says Ryan, who's still surely old enough to know that that's a really stupid move. Where do you get antifreeze from? It was bloody sold to him by Paul. Paul. Yeah, yeah, Paul's selling it to anyone. Yeah, because he turns up again now. And uh, and what the plan is now, get loads of antifreeze. Uh, never thought about that before. But now that is the plan. So go, 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 Paul. Get to your shop. Utilise that 20% discount and get as much antifreeze as you can. Yeah, but Paul actually hits Jack with the car, doesn't he? That's how he enters the scene. He hits Jack. You can see the wire that's attached to the snowman. Yeah, and, and we get another one-liner from that, which is, I can see your house from up here as he flies through the air. But he says it really quickly because it's a very quick cut. And, um, yeah, I hated that as well. Yeah, we didn't mention it, but these, uh, what's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Tommy says it early on, as we discussed, when he's making his snowman with tits. And his dad says it to the sheriff straight afterwards as well. Um, we then get it again, and this time from the sheriff. Who sheriff says it, himself. Who says it to Jack. He says, what's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Uh, no balls, but he says it as if it's supposed to mean something, as if it's, it's, it's supposed to be a, a, a jab at Jack Frost, but it makes no sense. Why would that be a jab at him? He is a snowman. We'll leave you with that. <laughs> yeah, so think on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so what have you got there? Anyway, so Paul, Paul runs over Jack Frost or just bursts him into the air. And um, 
Sam, meanwhile, still doesn't seem to have grasped the concept of water and the fact that it can get through doors because he now just locks a door and thinks that should be enough and just sort of like shuts himself in a room. And obviously the water's coming through the door again because the doors are shittiest quality I've ever seen. I would say 30% of this film is us watching water go through the cracks of a door. Yeah, but not even just a little bit of it. It's it's literally just gushing through the door frames. Um, so so that's, what, that's what's going on here. Um, then Jack comes into the room, obviously because the door doesn't make any difference, as we've already seen three or four times. He says, "I'd like. I've got a point I'd like to make," uh, because because he's, he's got an icicle. And this is when he turns to the camera and says, "Kids, <laughs> don't put antifreeze in your dad's oats. In your dad's shitty oats. <laughs> in your filthy oats. You've made your dad." Yeah, he says, I, I, I've got a point I'd like to make. And he's actually referring to an icicle that he's slowly, slowly stabbing uh, the sheriff with. Where does that come from, that icicle? Uh, it's his hand, Is I it? think. I, I thought think, it was from yeah. his tit. No, I think it's his hand. Right. Similar to, um, again, Terminator 2 that we've mentioned earlier. Similar to that where he's, he has a, a blade that comes out of his hand. Mm, into yeah. the shoulder, isn't it? It's Knives the same again. and stabbing weapons. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, th this is, but uh, this is not his shoulder because he also then says, getting right to the heart of the matter, which would suggest it's his heart, but I'm pretty sure it's not even the looks, right yeah, side. It definitely looks, I yeah, think it looks it's the right side of his body. Yeah, and it's in his shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, but... Um, and he pretends to die, the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Jack, Jack's an idiot and he often thinks if someone looks like they're dead, they are dead, even if they haven't finished the killing. Yeah, yeah. but he's, he's not really dead anyway, but uh, that's what you think, until Paul backs up, hardware store Paul backs his ute, his utility vehicle up, uh, his pickup truck, and the back of it is full of antifreeze. Uh, and the sheriff dives through the window with Jack into the back of this truck, which would probably really hurt. Yeah, and yeah, I was actually thinking that's got to have some sort of effect on the sheriff as well. Yeah, he's, he's then, yeah, they're just rolling around in the liquid. Uh, he's probably breathing it in. He's got to have got some in his mouth. He's blinded from it. His eyes, yeah. You get blinded from antifreeze, can't you? There's a, the scene where they smash out the window, you know, was done in one take. Which really? Is, yeah. That's quite impressive. That is impressive, isn't it? I thought that too. Also, um, uh, Jack hears the truck and he says, what's that? And the sheriff wakes up from pretending to be dead and says, it's the cavalry asshole. Mm, which, again, is another film. Cavalry asshole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a military-based film. <laughs> that Ken was in. <laughs> um, yeah, so he wrestles with a, an inanimate object in antifreeze for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, that lasts too long, that scene. Yeah, and, and then Ryan... <laughs> Ryan again says, what about this arm? And, about, picks, and picks an arm up off the What about the floor. this oven mitt that yeah. I found? Uh, the, the arm comes to life and wraps itself around Ryan, who uh, they quickly throw in the back of the truck. <laughs> Ryan, not and, just the arm. And, um, <laughs> he baptises him he, in the, he, yeah, the antifreeze. He baptises him in the back of the truck, um, <laughs> after which Ryan's just laughing. Yeah, he doesn't tell him to hold his nose or not inhale anything that he's being put in. He just dunks his head in twice. He's probably trying to kill him because he did actually try and kill him yeah, originally. Yeah, you know, you know. 
eye for an eye and all that. And then he melts, doesn't he, into the antifreeze? He does, yes. And uh, that's the end of Jack. Yeah. We, we have another scene, obviously, where we, where we, we just make sure that that is the end. Uh, the sheriff's now got a, the smallest sling I've ever seen on a man's arm. <laughs> Uh, it's just a, like a small piece of string, his, really. It's just got his wife's, his wife's pants. Yeah, it's just a... some string or something on his on his arm to signify that he had hurt himself. And they bury uh, Jack Frost. Yeah, they pour the antifreeze that he melted into in back into the bottles and bury him deep under the mm. under the under the town. Yeah, and that's the end, or is it? The antifreeze starts to bubble, and that is the end. Yeah, and then you get like about six minutes of credits. Yeah, with little sort of one-liners, just to, just in case you weren't one-linered out. I think what what that is, I think it's just things that they said whilst they were making the film. I think and so they've too. just put them all in the end credits. So similar to uh, asshole manners as we've done, <laughs> and uh, things like that, things that they thought were fun, and and they've just added them to the end. Also, just uh, just as a side note, the guy who played the sheriff mm. uh, died in 2008. Do you know how he died? It wasn't snow-related, was it? It was snow-related. What? He died in an avalanche in 2008. Holy shit. That is... That, not to make sort of light of that, but that is a hell of a coincidence, isn't it? And if that wasn't a tragic to, true story, then uh, we would insert our own one-liner yeah. uh, about that. But yeah. uh, it is, so we won't. Yeah, we're better than that. I can't, th- can't think of it either that quickly. So. No, I mean, yeah, ultimately that was the, the main <laughs> reason. Um, and that is our review, our talking through of Jack Frost. It's all downhill from here. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. And with that, we'll go on to the film pitch. Now, this is our very first film pitch that has been sent in to us from uh, Jessica. So thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you for bothering. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to read this out to you, Ken. Are you ready for this? I may have questions. Okay, this is obviously in keeping um, with the film we're reviewing. It is Christmas related. This film is called Tree Wind. Ooh. It stars Nicolas Cage. Oh, yes. He plays... Originally, he's called Alan Watt, Mm -hmm. who changes his name to Nick Beige. (laughs) He's an alcoholic accountant. It's set in France. Mm -hmm. Nick Beige is American who pretends to be French. Okay. Nick Beige hates Christmas. His family love it. He's got... He's got a, a lovely wife, played by Tony Collette, mm-hmm. called Frasier. <laughs> okay. He's got... <laughs> yeah. He's got two kids. Mm-hmm. He's got a young lad. He's seven years old. He's called Mike. Mike no. Beige. Nice. <laughs> He's got a 13-year-old daughter <laughs> called Marge. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. So anyway, (laughs) he hates Christmas, wakes up, and then it's Christmas Day. He goes through Christmas Day being miserable, goes to bed. Thank God that's over. Wakes up, and Christmas Day starts again. Oh, It's the classic Groundhog Day scenario. He eventually goes insane and kills his whole family. (laughs) 
he kills his whole family and wakes up and it's not Christmas Day anymore and he's just killed his whole family. He sits them around. He sits them around the the, the Christmas table to have um, dinner, and um, th- as they're all dead, and uh, starts singing, "I wish it could be Christmas every day," as the police flashing lights are shown in the background, and that's yeah. the end of the film. Oh, that started off as a, a light-hearted, perhaps festive comedy. Yeah, it uh, took a turn. Yeah, uh, he hates Christmas because his dad. It was called Winston Watt. <laughs> what? Killed his family at Christmas. Why Why does he change his name to Nick Beige? Uh, his dad was known as the Christmas Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was he, some sort of cartoon villain. Yes, and uh, he killed <laughs> he killed Nick, Nick Beige's family because he's his son. He was the only survivor of that massacre. Ah. So he decides to change his name and move to France and pretend to be French, even though he can't speak French. Sacre bleu. What do you think to that? I like it. We've got some examples of him going mental, if you'd like to hear them. Does he ever like Christmas? No. So... <laughs> Surely Frazier would have noticed this, and that yeah. would have been some sort of turn-off. <laughs> Frazier's totally oblivious. She's just like the kind of everything's fine, we're an amazing, happy family kind of perma-smiling mother. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is how it's exactly written. Um, starts doing crazy stuff, like buying a really big turkey. <laughs> <laughs> is it ready to cook or is it a live turkey? It's 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 ready to cook. He also <laughs> and then in a, yeah. a little side note, he also sets fire to a Christmas cracker. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been a red flag right there. <laughs> it's two red flags. I can't believe that Frazier's not acted on this. <laughs> um yeah, and I say he kills the kid, realizes nothing matters, and he ends up just killing his whole family. Who's the kid? It's just some random. Is the paper boy maybe? All oh, right, yeah, okay. And then kills him, and then um, kills his whole family in a scene. I guess there's going to be like a montage of him reliving the day over and over that will take up the main part of the film. Yeah. Um, and they they sing, "I wish it could be Christmas every day." I don't know why the film isn't called that. Probably because there's also <laughs> it's called Tree Wind, but. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, I yeah. guess there's another film also called that. I wish it could be Christmas every day with the same premise. So. I don't think so. <laughs> there should be I think if there isn't. Just a song called that. Yeah, uh, and that's that's what we've got here. And he sits them all around the table for dinner, and he starts singing. I wish it could be Christmas. I'd love to see Nick Cage singing they all, that. They're all dead at this point. He yeah. sits them around what after they've died. Yeah, they're all dead at the table. He sings. How up. does he kill them? With a cricket bat. Oh, he, oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the cricket bat. Yeah. So he only kills his own family. Yeah. His, his insanity and the paperboy, perhaps. What's yeah. the paperboy's name? Um, his name is... Um, Dylan? His name is Little Little Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Little Frank. Yeah. That must have been a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Out there delivering papers. Yeah, I, I think Nick Cage would do this. It seems right up his alley to, think to play a, a mental. I think he probably I would. Can, I can picture him going off the rails. Yeah. I originally, you know, because um, originally they weren't cast these. Well, Nick Cage was, but the wife wasn't. I did put in Cuba Gooding Jr. as the wife. As the wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
honeysuckle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's got a he's got a history of playing female <laughs> characters, strong female characters. But no, she went with Tony Collette. And I think, to be honest with you, if you've got a, a film script that's got Nick Cage and Tony Collette attached, that'll be made. You've got backers right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah just just on that alone. Never mind the actual plot. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably for the best on this one. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch it. I knew you would. Yeah. I said that when when I when I heard this plot, I was like, Ken will definitely yeah, want yeah. to watch this I, film. I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we do, we do. You'd have to put the tagline of um, I don't know, Groundhog Day meets Nicholas Cage. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then you've got to go for a horror film, haven't you? About Christmas. Yeah. Krampus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Krampus. <laughs> Yeah, okay, why not? Yeah, Groundhog Day meets Krampus. <laughs> You'd have to, because that's uh, that's what you do if you're a lazy writer. You just put two other films that are similar. Uh, one quick question. You say the the police lights flashing. Mm. Um, who is this policeman? Who plays him? Mm-hmm. I think you just see the lights. I don't think you see the policeman. Oh, I'm not so. I'm not too keen on that. Okay. No. In that case, who was the? Should there be a local local Bobby on the beat? What about? I know. I know. Is the policeman? Mm-hmm. Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's he's the guy who owns the um, the meat, <laughs> the butcher. <laughs> What butcher? <laughs> I don't he know. Sells him the turkey. He just looks like someone who would work in meat. <laughs> he sells him the turkey. Yeah. A really big turkey. He's standing there like Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> in full outfit. He's full With his big hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you've you've missed out on the uh, the natural French speaker, Carl Weathers. Oh, my God, you of know, course. I, I've been waiting for you to cast in this role. That's true. They wasn't even in the in the pitch. I should have just thrown this pitch you out instantly. Just discarded this. We in fact, Carl have, Weathers can play Marge. You shouldn't even have wasted my time with this. The thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, Carl Weathers is the policeman that apprehends him. You're right. That's what I mean. He bursts in at the end. Jesus it's just Christ! Just Carl Weathers with a gun. Yeah, we literally even speak. We set that role up, and I've you've forgotten it. it. You've yeah. blown it. No, absolutely. I'm writing that in right now. Carl Weathers is definitely going to be the policeman. Even if he's just bursts through the door at the end and says, freeze, gendarme, which is French for police. Yeah. I don't know what freeze is, but uh, he's already shouted that. doesn't matter because Nicolas Cage can't speak French. So, What do you, th- what, what do you think Nick Cage's look would be in this film? He, he sort of... I think it'd be the same as it is in all of them. What, big, big moustache, long hair? Fake nose. Fake <laughs> no, 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 not that film. Um, Just uh, add glasses to his already how he looks. No, I, th- I think he's clean shaven. Uh, he wears a suit, but his um, his tie it's always slightly off. Yeah, never got that top button done up. Looks mm. like he's been through the ringer. What? No, no trousers. Uh, the suit includes Oh, sorry, trousers. suit. Yeah, you, you, you know nothing of suits. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was just I was hearing you explain the top half and didn't you say anything about the bottom? So. Taking it for granted. He'll also have shoes on, but I didn't think it was worth <laughs> what mentioning. about socks? Of course. Yeah. He's not a hippie. Socks first or shoes first? He's got a sign up in his bedroom that says socks first, then shoes. He's not an idiot. Oh, he's a fan of our album. He just... Uh... Of the same name, is he? <laughs> As was uh, underpants first, trousers second. <laughs> it's a uh, follow-up. 
<laughs> yeah. Are we trying to remind people how to get dressed? Yeah. <laughs> it's important. I think this has legs. Is it better than Bazooka Squad? Well, probably. Yeah? Yeah. This is great. We're, we're progressing every time we do this. Yeah, but you've just got to remember Carl Weathers because, uh, you know, I owe him. Yeah. I owe him a lot. Yeah, so thank you, Jessica, for, for that, that film pitch. However, anyone else that puts uh, films in, do remember that we do require Carl Weathers to be in every single film pitch. And he must be uh, an officer of the law. Also called Carl Weathers. Yeah, so uh, just, just have a think about that. Keep that in mind. Uh, keep them coming in, but uh, do keep Carl Weathers involved. And with that, we bring this podcast to a close. Uh, thank you, Ken, for joining us. If you want to get involved, please send uh, any of your movie pictures or anything like that over to us. There's a contact page on the website. We're at www.badmoviecult.com. We're also on Twitter, Bad Movie Cult. We're on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. There's a group. So just search Bad Movie Cult and you'll find us there and join in where we discuss films and all that sort of stuff on that Facebook page. So feel free to join us there as well. Uh, drop us a rating if you can give us a a rating on uh, iTunes or you know wherever you get your podcasts that would be much appreciated and uh, with that all that's left to say Merry Christmas guys and a Happy New Year have a good one and take care of each other Back in 79, there were three of us holed up. Shh, 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 shh.